Section 23 of the English Restoration and Louis the Fourteenth by Osmond Airy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 18 The Dutch Republic Before the War. The Republic had risen with remarkable elasticity from the exhaustion of the late war. A national debt of twelve and a half millions sterling was borne with ease her population was rapidly increasing her commerce was expanding in every quarter of the globe and her traders were displaying their former exclusiveness but this absorption in the search for wealth and their apparent immunity from foreign invasion forbade in her people that spirit of watchfulness and that readiness to sink individual interests in the national welfare which result from the constant imminence of danger the character of the dutch said de witt is such that they will take no steps for defence until the danger stares them in the face with all this apparent prosperity there existed in the claims of the prince of orange an abiding source of political instability de witt had indeed secured the charge of his education as a ward of the state and was sedulously training him as mazarin trained louis to be fit to govern the perpetual edict of january sixteen sixty eight and the act of harmony which followed had secured the separation of the civil and military commands for the stadtholderate was abolished in holland while in the other provinces it was rendered incompatible with the offices of captain or admiral-general of the republic offices which the prince was to occupy only when he reached the age of twenty-two with the sympathy however of both louis and charles he soon began to act for himself escaping in september sixteen sixty eight from de witt's surveillance he hastened to zealand where his party was strong and was received with enthusiasm in sixteen seventy de witt was compelled to assent to his taking his seat on the council of state and to his visiting england as war grew imminent his claims became more acceptable the past was forgotten except that under the leadership of his house independence had been won the army and navy were enthusiastic in his favour in the spring of sixteen seventy two after taking an oath to maintain the perpetual edict and with many limitations he was made captain-general for one campaign the office to be continued for life should it seem fitting when he had completed his twenty-second year the admiralty so long as router was there to lead the fleet was held in reserve de witt offered a signal example of the truth of his own saying he could not bring himself to believe that his work was so soon to perish though mysterious warnings had reached him as early as february sixteen sixty eight when however his offers to assist louis in his eventual designs upon spain and to settle the spanish low countries favourably to french interests were slightingly passed by and a complimentary address from the states-general to louis in flanders in the spring of sixteen seventy one was received with studied coldness when louis refused to include the republic in the arbitration concerning his alleged infractions of the peace of aix-la-chapelle when the french ambassador was removed from the hague and no successor sent 
when heavy duties were imposed upon dutch goods entering france and all attempts at retaliation treated with contempt the truth came upon him with terrible clearness in january sixteen seventy two he made a final appeal to louis offering to disarm completely if he would do the same and would remove the hostile tariffs louis replied that he should complete his preparations and should use his forces as best befitted his dignity the awakening to the treachery of charles had been still slower and more painful here too he had tried every means of conciliation hearing of the king's irritation at the pamphlets medals and triumphal pictures which glorified the chatham achievement and especially that the captured royal charles was made a common show he had the moulds of the medals broken the pamphlets as far as possible suppressed the royal arms removed from the vessel and her name altered concessions which were viewed merely as signs of weakness the recall of temple in july sixteen seventy one was made the occasion for a wanton insult to the dutch the captain of the yacht sent to bring back lady temple was ordered by charles to sail through their fleet in the channel to insist upon their lowering their flags and in case of refusal to take such action as would compel them to fire upon him and so appear the aggressors a scheme frustrated only by the self-restraint of the dutch admiral van ghent in december downing a well-known enemy of the republic was sent to succeed temple as ambassador to the hague with instructions to bring about a rupture in the most offensive terms he demanded reparation for the insults of which charles complained and specifically insisted upon the acknowledgment of the maritime supremacy of england over all seas going so far as to require that whole fleets should lower their flags to a single english warship even to this outrageous demand de witt was willing to give way provided the king would engage to assist the republic against france as late as march third sixteen seventy two he endeavoured to conjure away the danger by the offer of a heavy personal bribe to charles charles had wished to appear as the attacked party when he found the attempt useless he began hostilities by an act which louis himself contemptuously characterised as sheer piracy the dutch merchant fleet from smyrna was lying at anchor off the isle of wight admiral holmes was ordered to attack without warning and to capture the convoy but the dutch were prepared and after a severe engagement march thirteenth the fleet escaped with the loss of only two vessels war was declared by england four days later as danger approached the dutch had done their best to secure allies but their proverbial thriftiness stood much in their way they might undoubtedly have anticipated france in securing sweden had they been as open-handed as louis only in two quarters did they gain any important success the grand elector of brandenburg the most powerful of the german princes had been induced through his vehement protestantism and his jealousy of the proximity of french troops to sign a treaty in february sixteen seventy one which became effectual in april sixteen seventy two when he promised to aid the republic with twenty-two thousand men and his adhesion brought with it that of the elector of mayence spain too convinced that if the united provinces fell into the hands of louis nothing could save her low countries concluded with the dutch a treaty of mutual defence 
but even so the case of the republic seemed desperate against the forces which louis was prepared to launch upon her the retrenchment of expenses after the peace had been unwisely made upon the army no less than forty-one thousand men had then been disbanded obligatory service had become a dead letter among the troops that remained there was little discipline the best among the officers had resigned their commissions in consequence of their sympathies with the cause of william the commissariat was disorganized the fortifications were in decay and the country was almost denuded of military stores when war was declared there were in spite of de witt's utmost efforts but fifty-two thousand men with the standards these were placed under william as captain-general with frederick of nassau his natural uncle and john maurice the rhinegrave then a man of sixty-five years of age in charge of infantry and cavalry respectively with these miserable forces the republic prepared to confront as best it could an army of one hundred and seventy-six thousand men led by conde turenne luxembourg and the great engineer vauban and admirably equipped in every arm this was the escort which as louis said permitted him to travel safely in the united provinces to face Rauder's fleet of one hundred and thirty-five ships he trusted chiefly to england but he had himself collected one hundred and twenty vessels mounted with five thousand guns as a retort to the medal which so aroused his anger he caused another to be struck in which the sun was portrayed dispersing the frogs from a marsh and bearing as its motto in allusion to the fact that it was through french assistance that the republic had been created the words a wexi sed discutiam i raise them up and i will disperse them End of section twenty three